We take a look at the incomplete story of the LA Kings season, how we got to where we are, and what's next on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. We're also on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. Also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 17 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for over 30 years. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your best bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Well, I believe sports is the greatest reality TV show out there. And let's be honest, the reality TV stuff that's out there. It's mostly bullcrap, but with sports, it's literally unscripted. You may think you know how the story is going to go, but usually things don't go as planned. RLA Kings are a great example of that, and who knows how the story is going to end for this season, but I thought it might be a good time to relive the drama that has been the LA Kings season so far. So let's go back to June 27th, 2023, when LA Kings GM Rob Blake made a bold move to acquire forward Pierre-Luc Dubois from the Winnipeg Jets in a blockbuster trade that saw Gabe Velarde, Alex Iafalo, Rasmus Kupari, and a 2024 second-round draft pick go to Winnipeg. The thinking was that this would make the Kings amongst the strongest teams in the NHL in the all-important center position. In April, the Kings kicked off the preseason with a pair of games in Melbourne, Australia against the Arizona Coyotes playing at Rod Laver Arena where the Australian Open Tennis Tournaments played every year. It was the first NHL games ever played in the continent of Australia and in the entire southern hemisphere of the earth. Uh, LA would start the regular season with a couple of home losses, but then would be almost unbeatable on the road. The Kings ripped off 11 consecutive road wins from October 17th to December the 9th before finally falling to the New York Islanders 3-2 in overtime on Long Island. The 11-game road winning streak to start a season was the longest such streak in NHL history. On December 27th, the Kings found themselves with a 27-4 record for 44 points, sixth most in the NHL. The Kings were number one in the NHL in goals allowed at 2.39 per game, fourth in the NHL in goals scored at 3.61. Players like Trevor Moore and Quinton Byfield were putting up career numbers uh, in points and goals, and the Kings were getting balanced scoring from all four lines. The goaltending was more than solid, with Cam Talbot having the best goals against average in the NHL at the time, 2.06 GAA, and the best save percentage in the NHL at 9.25. That resulted in him being selected as an all-star. For this season. Along the way, Kings captain Andre Kobitar picked up some milestones, career goal number 400, became the franchise leader in games played and career assists, and now second all-time in points scored. But for some reason, things turned 
in early January. The Kings would lose number two goalie Phoenix Copley for the season. They called up David Riddick to back him up, but the Kings have been relatively healthy throughout the good and the bad. The Kings would inexplicably find themselves in the midst of an eight-game losing streak. That would kick off a stretch where the Kings went three, eight, and six from December 27th to the All-Star break. Over that span, they collected just 12 points, 29th out of 32 teams in the NHL, again from December 27th to the All-Star break. The goal scored per game would drop to 30th in the league over that span, 2.34 goals per game. The Kings were still pretty good defensively, 10th in the NHL over that span at 3.41 goals per game allowed. Goalie Cam Talbot went on a 10-game losing streak over the span we talked about. His goals against average ballooned to 3.86. His save percentage dropped to 8.81. And center P.L. Dubois had no real positive impact on this team so far this season. 10 goals, 20 points, and a team worst minus 16 in the plus-minus rating. The losing skid culminated in head coach Todd McClellan being fired during his fifth season on the job, replaced with assistant coach Jim Hiller for the rest of the year. Uh, GM Rob Blake now on the hot seat for the PL Dubois trade and the fact that he had to fire his head coach before the end of the season. And now we get to the unwritten part of the LA Kings story. The Kings second half of the season gets underway on Saturday uh, against playoff rival and nemesis Edmonton, one of the hottest teams in the league. Kings will start the final 34 games of the season holding on to the number one wildcard spot in the West and are now in a battle to get into the playoffs the rest of the way. So we've kind of followed a standard script of any movie or book, right? You start off, things are going well. You got this great road winning streak. The heroes were many for the LA Kings. Uh, Things going great. Everything's great. But of course we have to have in any good story, a conflict or a controversy and then the Kings go on this losing skid. Pierre Dubois turns into a villain of sorts. And we have this dramatic event in that the head coach is now fired. So we head into the final chapter of this story, this season for the LA Kings, having no idea how in the world this is going to turn out. Now, I believe this story can still have a happy ending. And there are some possible heroes in our story. Maybe it's the new head coach, Jim Hiller. Maybe his new voice is just the thing to get this Kings team back on track. Maybe it's Victor Arbitson who has yet to play this season coming off a back surgery, but he's due back here in the very near future. Could GM Rob Blake find redemption in making some sort of unexpected trade that could help turn things around? Well, we don't know. Um, Ultimately though, the Kings can still achieve the goal that they spelled out at the very beginning of the season. That, of course, was to get into the playoffs and to advance out of the first round, something they haven't done the last two years. And as we all know, even though the Kings are find themselves in a position we couldn't have believed just a couple months ago in fighting for a playoff spot, ultimately, again, the goals can still be achieved. Now, we know get into the playoffs – and who knows what's, what can happen. The playoffs are a completely different animal in hockey. Uh, ask the Boston Bruins last season. Most wins and points in a regular season in NHL history 
and they're out in the first round, just like the LA Kings. The Kings, of course, won their first Stanley Cup as an eight seed back in 2012. They were a six seed in 2014. And if you recall those seasons, if you were a Kings fan back then, were you optimistic the Kings were going to win the Stanley Cup? At least 2012. In 14, you're like, okay, this team's done it before. It's a, it's a veteran group. Maybe you had some optimism then. But honestly, in 2012, when they went in as the eighth seed and had to play the President's Trophy winning Vancouver Canucks in the first round, you optimistic the Kings were going to win the Stanley Cup, much less win a playoff series? I know I wasn't. But again, that's what makes sports great. We don't know how it's going to turn out. And what goes on with the Kings this season, again, is still to be determined. Now, I do think there is an incredibly important stretch of games coming up for the Kings out of the All-Star break. They've got 14 games until the trade deadline, which is on March the 8th. Now, if the Kings remain in a wildcard spot, and if they play at least decently, they're at least going to stand pat. And maybe, maybe they look to make some sort of a deal to bring in a goaltender. Maybe Arthur Kaliab's on his way out. We don't know. However, if those 14 games go very badly, if the bottom falls out of the Kings, if they're still playing the exact same way, if this all-star break doesn't have an effect, if the coaching change doesn't have an effect, if Victor Arvidsson's return doesn't have an effect and the Kings fall out of a playoff spot, well, that could certainly make this story into a, uh, a horror story. The Kings could actually be sellers at the trade deadline to cut their losses on what will be a disaster of a season and try and get things going for next season and beyond. They could look to sell off their unrestricted free agents in defenseman Matt Roy and forward Victor Arvidsson, among maybe other moves. Um, but those those guys don't have no trade clauses, by the way, so they are movable. Arthur Kaliev, again, looks like he could be on his way out regardless. And the question would be, if that happens, which we hope will not happen, but if that does happen, if your management, if your upper management, if your ownership, are you going to allow GM Rob Blake to be in a position to be the guy that sells off assets, that shapes the franchise going forward for the near future? I would have to believe the answer to that is no. Now, hopefully it doesn't come to that. I truly believe that the LA Kings are at least going to make the playoffs. And we're going to talk a little bit more about why, some reasons why in a minute. But can they, we know we have the direct evidence this season with this group that they can be one of the better teams in the NHL. They can at least be a good team. Uh, is that team that we saw for the first month and a half, is that team going to show up? That's how the, the final chapter of this story is going to be written. That will determine what this Kings team is going to be the rest of the way. It's still there for them, but it's got to get turned around here very soon. Like I said, the next 14 games, going to determine what's going to happen for the rest of the season for the LA Kings. So we talked about maybe some reasons to be optimistic about what the Kings are going to do the rest of the way. We'll get more into detail on that next here on Lockdown LA Kings, your team every day. Hey, happy Super Bowl to all that celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about getting that comfortable spot on the couch, getting your favorite football snacks ready and placing some super bets. It's basically a sports national holiday, and you can celebrate the game and more by having some fun with a bet or two. FanDuel has so many ways that you can end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score touchdowns, how many points are going to be scored, and so much more. New customers, join today, and you'll get 
$200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We had friend of the show, Russell Morgan from Hockey Royalty on Tuesday show. If you missed that, please go check it out. We had a fun conversation, but he mentioned a website called tankathon.com. Now, I had never heard of this website, um, but I was intrigued. I went and checked it out, and it is pretty cool uh, to watch. It basically tells you the strength of schedule for teams during the season as it goes along, and it's not just hockey. It's other leagues as well, but obviously I was just focused on hockey. So according to tankathon.com, there is a good possibility that the LA Kings will have a favorable road the rest of the way. If you look at, let's say, the five teams that the Kings are competing with for a wildcard spot. You've got the Blues, the Predators, the Kraken, we'll even throw in the Flames. Kings have the easiest remaining schedule amongst any of those teams. Out of 32 NHL teams, the Kings' strength of schedule, according to tankathon.com, the rest of the way is 30th in the league. The Kings will face the Blackhawks and the Ducks each three times. They'll face the Wild twice in teams like the Sharks, Senators and Blue Jackets once. Now, there are some tough games for the Kings, to be sure. They've got four games against the top team in the league, the Vancouver Canucks, who they've yet to play this year. They've got three games against the Oilers, who have been the hottest team in the NHL. But as I said, according to that website, tankathon.com, the Kings do have the easiest path remaining of the teams that they're battling with for a playoff spot. Now, some of it isn't a great advantage. Like, for example, the Nashville Predators, are 29th as far as strength of schedule. The St. Louis Blues are 27th strength of schedule, so they've got a fairly easy road as well. But you look at the Calgary Flames, 16th toughest strength of schedule going forward, and the Seattle Kraken are 17th. So maybe a slight advantage for the LA Kings the rest of the way as far as their opponents. But as we all know, the Kings also lost not long ago to teams like the Sharks and the Sabres. And as much as we like to look for positive things, um, this comes down to how the Kings are going to be playing, much less who they're going to be playing. Um, but they need to be playing the right kind of hockey, regardless of what the opponent looks like or the road the rest of the way. As for head-to-head matchups, this actually does favor the Kings as well. LA has just one more game against the Blues and the Predators and the Kraken. Those are the three teams that are I guess the biggest threat you would probably say to the Kings for a playoff spot. They do have three games left against the Flames. Uh, As far as the game against Nashville and Seattle, those are home games. The game against the Blues will be in St. Louis. Uh, Two of the three games against the Flames are in Calgary, and the final game is in L.A. So the teams that are chasing the Kings don't have much of a chance to gain ground with head-to-head wins over the Kings, and that favors LA and the Kings have also played fewer games than those teams that they're battling with for a wild card spot. The Kings have played 48 games. St. Louis has played 49. Nashville's played 51. And Seattle and Calgary have both played 50. And as a matter of fact, the Flames are going to play another game on Thursday before LA plays their next game. So again, the path for the Kings statistically looks like it could be a slight advantage. The head to head matchup. Not many head-to-head games against these teams. Again, those teams are chasing the Kings. They're trying to gain ground. They wish they had more head-to-head matchups, so if they win those games, they could gain ground. Not really the case. Uh, And the Kings have played fewer games 
than all of those teams. So all those small factors is in favor of the LA Kings keeping that wild card spot and getting into the playoffs. Now, ultimately, again, they have to at least be decent the rest of the way. I believe they will be after the coaching change, after the break, adding Victor Arvidsson. I got to believe the Kings will at least be a decent team the rest of the way. Let's look at the Pacific Division standings and the Western Conference playoff picture. So you got the Vancouver Canucks on top of the Pacific. They've got 73 points. Um, They beat the Carolina Hurricanes last night. So it looks like they're going to win the division. Uh, Vegas is in second place with 66 points. And then you've got Edmonton in third with 59. It would be hard for me to believe that that's not going to be the top three in the division this year. And I think they're going to finish in that order. Now, the Oilers had their 16-game winning streak finally come to an end with a 3-1 loss in Vegas last night. So a big win. For the Golden Knights, they've got a seven-point lead on Edmonton the rest of the way, and Vegas is still a very good team. And as hot as Edmonton has been, I don't think they're going to catch and pass Vegas. So I think it's going to be Vancouver, Vegas, and Edmonton in that order. As for the Kings, as the number one wildcard team, again, 56 points. Now, is there a chance they could catch Edmonton? Now, they're only three points behind, but it seems extremely unlikely, not only because of the way Vegas has played lately, or excuse me, Edmonton has played lately, and the way LA has played lately, but also the Oilers have two more games in hand on the Kings. So they've still got two more games to play to bank points. Uh, So I I really, really do not see the Kings having a a chance at getting that third spot. So it's about a wild card spot for LA. They are two points up on the St. Louis Blues as we record this show. Nashville also has 54 points like St. Louis, so they're two points back as well. But again, the Kings have played fewer games than those teams. Seattle has 52 points. Calgary has 51 points. Uh, They did beat the Bruins last night for a big win for them, uh, four to one. But again, looks like the top three in the Pacific are set, in my opinion. Uh, The wild card, I think realistically, you've got two spots. Obviously, you've got two spots available. I think you've got four teams probably battling for that. We've already seen Calgary selling off pieces here before the deadline. So I don't, I think they're probably going to tail off. Uh, So it's Nashville, Seattle, St. Louis, the three teams that the Kings will be competing with the rest of the way. And I, as I said, only one game head to head against those teams. So they only have one shot to directly gain ground on the LA Kings. So I think the Kings are in a pretty good position when you look at all, all the things in total to hang on to that wild card spot in the Western Conference. Now, if the playoffs did start today, the Kings would be, as the number one wildcard team, facing the Dallas Stars in the first round. This has changed over the last couple of weeks. It was Winnipeg at one time, then it was Colorado, and now it's Dallas. And the Central Division is really up for grabs right now. It's anybody's guess. It's going to be one of those three teams, um, but who the Kings would face in the first round, that probably won't be decided until the final week of the season. So it's going to be Dallas, it's going to be Colorado, or it's going to be Winnipeg. Frankly, if it were me and I got to pick, I think I would rather face the Dallas Stars as opposed to those other teams, but we shall see how it ends up. If you're the Kings, obviously you're not going to be too choosy at this point. Let's just get into the playoffs and see what's hap- what happens. If you're a wildcard team, you're going to face a pretty good team in the first round regardless. Uh, the Stars did move into first place in the Central with a win over the Sabres, and the Avalanche lost to the Devils. That's why Dallas right now is the number one seed in the Central Division. But the three teams, Dallas, Colorado, Winnipeg, they're only separated by a total of three points. So we've talked about the Kings' recent past. We've talked about their present. 
We've kind of looked ahead to the future as far as what's expected for the second half of the season. Let's maybe look farther down the future and check in on some Kings prospects and young players. That's next year on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to recent indeed surveys Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is consistently learning from your preferences. So you, the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners to this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Locked on. Just go to indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The LA Kings play their first game after the All Star break at home against the Edmonton Oilers, 7 p.m. Pacific time on Saturday. Catch every moment of the hometown broadcast of your LA Kings with Sirius XM on the SXM app search. LA Kings. So again, we talked about the recent past. We looked ahead to this season. We looked back a little bit, and I guess you could say we're going to look a little bit into the future of the LA Kings by checking out the Kings draft picks over the last five seasons and what they're doing at this point of the season. We did this about a month into the season. Uh, We're going to do it after the season is over as well, but I wanted to check in on what the draft picks for the LA Kings over the last five seasons are currently doing and where they're playing in various leagues. So let's start with the most recent draft, 2023. Uh, the first selection by the Kings was defenseman Jakob Dvorak. He was a second-round pick. He was playing in the Czech League earlier this year, played 19 games, had two goals and an assist for three points. He now has come over to North America. He's playing in the Western Hockey League for the Swift Current Broncos, and through 11 games, he has five assists so far on the season as he gets acclimated to North, um, North American hockey, the size of the rinks and things like that. Uh, right-winger Cohen Zemer, was a third-round selection of the Kings this past year. Uh, he's playing for Prince George in the Western Hockey League. 20 games, he's got 11 goals, 20 assists for 31 points. So nice season for Cohen Zemer. Uh, goaltender Hampton Skolzinski uh, is a guy I've been really intrigued with. He was a fourth-round pick of the Kings. He's playing for the Fargo Force in the U.S. Hockey League, and he is dominating that league. He's played 20 games in net. His record is 17-1. and He's got a 1.76 goals against average and a 9.19 save percentage. So Hampton Skolkinski uh, is a young guy to keep an eye on. Now, he's still got a long way to go. But again, he's been dominant at the high school level, and he's now dominant in the U.S. Hockey League. Let's see if he carries it forward uh, in his next destination. But uh, so far, playing against his own age group, he's been excellent. Uh, Defenseman Matthew Mania was a fifth-round pick this past year. He had off-season shoulder surgery, so he got a late start on the season. He is playing for the Sudsbury Wolves in the OHL. He's played 27 games. He's got three goals and 14 assists. 
And Ryan Comney, right winger, was a sixth-round pick of the Kings this past year. He's at the University of New Hampshire. 22 games played. He's got 12 goals and 12 assists for 24 points, so not bad for Ryan Conmey. Uh, as far as the 2022 NHL draft, uh, you've got Jack Hughes, uh, center. Uh, the other Jack Hughes, second-round pick. Uh, he's at Boston University. He's played 24 games. He's got six goals and five assists for 11 points. Kenny Connors with a fourth-round pick in 2022. He's at University of Massachusetts Amherst. 24 games, five goals, nine assists for 14 points. Uh, defenseman Angus Booth was a fourth-round pick. He's playing for Shawinigan, or he was playing for Shawinigan in the Quebec Major uh, Junior Hockey League. He's been traded to uh, a different team, Bear Como Dracar. Uh, so he's played 43 games in the queue. He's got two goals, 15 assists for 17 points. Uh, defenseman Otto Saline was a fifth-round pick in 2022. Uh, he's played for three different teams over in Finland and in two different leagues. Now, he's played 32 games in the Elite League for both Helsinki and Turku. Uh, he's played 20 games, no goals, and eight assists. For Jared Wright is a sixth-round pick of the Kings in 2022. He plays at the University of Denver, 28 games, eight goals, five assists for 13 points. Uh, defenseman Jack Sparks also was taken in the sixth round that year. He's played for a couple of different teams uh, in the uh, one in the USHL. He's with the Muskegon Lumberjacks. He had 14 games with a goal and two assists. He's now playing in the British Columbia Hockey League, which is a step down for Chilliwack. Uh, 17 games, one goal and four assists. Forward Caleb Lawrence, seventh round pick of the Kings in 2022. He's in uh, the OHL with the Ottawa 67s. He's played 30 games. He's got 10 goals, eight assists for 18 points. And he was traded to the London Knights where he's played 11 games with two goals and three assists. The 2021 draft for the Kings, you had Brant Clark as the first-round pick, obviously playing with the LA Kings now. Uh, six games, he just has the one assist, but in Ontario, he was tearing it up with 32 games, eight goals, and 25 assists for 33 points. Francesco Pinelli, uh, forward, second-round pick for the Kings in 2021. He's in Ontario, 39 games, four goals, four assists for eight points. I expected a little more for him, frankly. Uh, but he is in his first year of professional hockey, so a learning curve for Frankie Pinelli. Uh, Samuel Holinius, forward for the Kings, a second-round pick in 2021 as well. Uh, he's in Ontario, 42 games for him, eight goals, four assists for 12 points, so he's improving. And then defenseman Kirill Kersanov, uh playing over in the KHL. He was a third-round pick of the Kings in 2021. 22 games, two goals, two assists for four points. Let's get to the 2020 draft. We have Quinton Byfield, the first-round pick. 46 games for L.A., the breakout season so far for Q. 14 goals, 21 assists for 35 points. He's one, been one of the more bright spots for the L.A. Kings so far this season. Forward Casper Simon Teibel was a third-round pick in 2020. He's playing over in Finland. He's got uh, 41 games under his belt in the Elite League for Kalpa. 13 goals, 13 assists for 26 points. Alex LaFerriere, third-round pick of the Kings in 2020, obviously has played a unexpected huge role for the Kings this year. 47 games. Six goals, nine assists for 15 points. Regardless of how you slice it, Alex Ferrier has had a fantastic year for him personally, being at the NHL level and being a contributor, something we did not see coming going into the season. Uh, goaltender Juhar Markkanen was a fourth-round pick of the Kings in 2020. Uh, he was playing in the Finnish Elite League, but he's dropped down to a lower division. Uh, three games played, two-and-one record, uh, goals against average of three and a 918 save percentage. Martin Kromiak was a fifth-round pick that year. He's in Ontario, 43 games, 11 goals, 9 assists for 20 points. Defenseman Ben Meehan was a fifth-round pick in 2020. He's at the University of Massachusetts Lowell, 16 games, a goal, 8 assists for 9 points. 
And forward Atu Jemsen, seventh round pick, playing over in Finland, 27 games, 13 goals, nine assists for 22 points. So that was a look at some of the Kings' recent draft picks and what they're doing currently in various leagues around the uh, around the world of hockey. So I wanted to give you a little update on what those guys are doing right now. We'll update you uh, again at the end of the year and kind of give you a recap of what their seasons were like. For you every day, as those of you that listen and watch Locked on LA Kings every day, coming up on Thursday, show a breakdown of the press conference, what new head coach Jim Hiller had to say uh, about the direction of the LA Kings are going here while he's taking over late in the season. Friday, we've got the fan feedback show, lots to get to, lots of emails hopefully to get to. Uh, and if you want to send an email, lockedoneddy at gmail.com is the email address. Stay with us uh, on social media. We're on X, we're on Twitter at Locked On LA Kings. All right, I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you, as always, for listening and watching this episode of Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you on Thursday. And as always, go Kings go.